And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Good night and welcome to the Great Movies Podcast, a retrospective film review show where we watch and discuss the movies covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I am Dylan Cuellar. And I'm Jana Gardner. And we have no Nick Fulton today. Uh, he is at work doing more important stuff than what we are doing. Indeed. <laughs> but today we are not discussing an Ebert book, Ebert movie book, um, like we've had to do a couple of times because of weird work schedules. Uh, today we are discussing uh, a movie that is one of my favorites, um, and I thought that Jana would really enjoy, called Big Night. Now, Ebert did enjoy this movie very much as well. He has it as a four star out of four, mm. um, not out of five, on his website and has a full review praising it a lot. So I thought it would be a good one to kind of fill, fill the airtime with. Um, so... This is the first time in a while I have absolutely no idea what you thought of the movie. Sure. Usually we give weird clues when we're offline sort of discussing it in the group chat, so I have no idea. This is also the quickest turnaround I've had from watching a movie to talking about it. I finished it 20 minutes ago. So um, so I I didn't even have time to tell you what I was thinking about it. Um, It's true. One question first. Um, which is, so Ebert gave this four stars. I wonder why, I guess he gave a lot of movies four stars, but I'm kind of bummed it didn't make it into, like, any of his books. Um, yeah. Um, since it's four stars. I have the Ebert four stars book here. Uh, okay. It is That's, that thick. Okay. That's a lot. The typing is that thin. <laughs> oh, no. And okay. there are multiple different reviews per page. Um, Dylan is holding up a book that looks like the Bible, just for visual reference in terms of how thick mm-hmm. the book is and how tiny the print is and how thin the pages look. It's like And like I said, there's the literally multiple movies on each page. Yeah. That's how... And, and and there's two columns mm. on each page as well. Also, what makes it look like the Bible, by the way, is that it has like the columns going down. Yeah, um, I did just open up to a random page though, and the movie here at the bottom is Eve's Bayou, one of Jenna's yeah, one of my all-time favorite, all-time movies. favorite movies. Oh, I'll have to read. I haven't read Eve's review of that. Oh, I can't wait to do that now. Yeah, four stars. God. Well, good good taste, Roger. You are correct about Does that movie. Have... I think he should have Big Night in here. I just looked it up online. Yeah, um, it's four. Yeah, he get four stars. Uh, I see that in Ebert's yep, review, by the way, because uh, I know a while mm-hmm. ago. I think after you watched this, Dylan, we were talking about good food movies, um, and he mm-hmm. does reference three of the main food movies we talked about, which were Babette's Feast, Tampopo, and like Water for Chocolate. Um, yeah, which are all very. Sure. I mean, the only one of those I've seen so far is like Water for Chocolate, but it's a very good, good movie, good food movie. So, I think that's the only one I haven't yeah. seen so far. That's good. I watched it. I watched it in a high school class because we read the book and then we watched the movie. Nice. Yeah. The uh, common practice uh, in high school. I is... miss doing that. I miss doing that so much. When you like that was the reward when you would read some book, and especially like in a lot of my like literature, like world literature classes, if there was then a movie you could watch, was such the mm-hmm. reward after. I'm sure the teacher's like, ah, 
Right. I don't have to. Teach. I could just like sit down for one day. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. older I get, the more I'm just like, yeah, that's that's the secret. It's just put something on. So you don't have to talk to anybody. You can just sit quietly <laughs> for like an hour and yeah, chill. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So uh, wait, what was the question you asked me? Oh, I can't. Oh no, I was just asking about the uh, if this was in one of the great movies books, but no, it's oh, not. No. It's just, but it is four yeah. stars for Ebert. Um, no, so I. But what did what did you I think? really liked it. Um, it yeah, of course. No, it's it's really fantastic. Um, I kind of already want to watch it again. Um, it's. <laughs> I did the same thing. It's a little like. It's a little melancholy, which like. I like I, I found the first half of it very stressful. Like people's businesses not working and their talents not being appreciated is something that I just find like really stressful. Like there's there's an opening scene when they're like serving the the food to the people in the restaurant and they don't appreciate it that like we're gonna talk made about like made my skin crawl. Like that to me is like the most unpleasant. <laughs> Like I would, I would rather be watching some sort of like violent slasher murder scene, and I would be less uncomfortable than I was watching those terrible people be so awful about the food and then fighting about the spaghetti. Ugh. So when it first started, I was like, if the entire movie is like this, I'm not gonna make it. Like it, it felt very stressful to me. But once I got into the groove and you got to spend more time with the characters and sort of, you know, get more into their personal lives, and then. Even though, um, and I'm assuming we're going to spoil Big Night, even though it was incredibly obvious to me what was happening in the second half. Oh, yeah. I don't like, think it you're not, is trying you're not, to surprise you're not, okay, you. Right, yeah. I was going to say, you're not supposed to actually think. I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to actually think that guy is going to show up, I don't think. I, like, for, I've never for a second, don't trust Ian Holm. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> I've seen Alien. I know not to trust Ian Holm. That's so true. And so I, I was very skeptical from minute one. But I think that actually made it better because you can kind of just appreciate you know what they're doing for its own sake and then the, the ending was really fantastic as well so yeah i it's I, on the vultures best movie i endings. started i did i started off very nervous because i was like i thought this movie was supposed to like kind of make you feel good and this is miserable <laughs> and then it it uh, lightened up from there but no i i really dug mm-hmm. it i do i am already looking forward to watching it again good good for sure so I, I literally want to start from the first shot because did you see what the production company of Scott Campbell and Stanley Tucci is? It, it was like Reicher or something. I didn't make a note oh. of it, but what was it? It's called a Timpano production. Oh, oh, I didn't even see that. That's so funny. I, I mean, I didn't realize that the first time I watched it, but of course, in context, yeah, no, in, in retrospect, the, the it's a Timpano big, uh, production, of course. Yeah. Um, so the movie opens on a. Very silent Mark Anthony. Yeah. Which is quite a way to start a movie about Italian people. I mean, you know, it, it, the guy's got a face. I, I don't, like, anytime a movie just starts off and he's, he's, what, he's like, sitting on the beach or, like, looking out at the yeah. beach. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I can see it. Mark Anthony on a beach is not a yeah. uncommon occurrence. This wasn't, it's true. Um, this is an interesting time, not to derail us immediately, but I did, I had to look up and be like, so what was he up to, like, before this um and this is right obviously at the very very beginning um yeah. of his career I mean, he looks 16 in this movie yeah well it's, I, should, I should say it's the very beginning of his acting career his music career started in the 80s but it's right at the very beginning of his acting career this is um 
just one year after he was in he has a tiny tiny role in my beloved hackers in the movie hackers he plays like a cop who just is sort of like hanging around and it's always distracting because you're like it's mark anthony who's just like the cop that keeps showing up okay um well i mean he's kind of distracting this where he's like oh this is the the is, is he like the dishwasher? Or he's the... just like a, a waiter, I think. It's just that there's no one for him to wait on. So he yeah. kind of by default ends up just like being a dishwasher. But his first line, I believe I recorded it at 40 minutes into the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And I think it's one of his only two okay. lines in the movie. But he's on screen so much. most of the time. Including the very beginning and the very end. Like he really is... is he's visually integral, but you're totally right. He um, does not... I. Yeah, I I had to stop and think. I'm like, does he say anything at all? But like, yeah, he has like two or three lines. Yeah, um, just it it reminds me of what you said about that policeman character, mm-hmm. though, where just the whole time it's just like, there's Mark yeah, Anthony, right? He's there. just hanging out, um, you know. It's, and I guess at the time he probably would have been like, if you know, people listened to his music would have recognized him. But it's not like he was a huge star or anything, so it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think he probably broke out in the later 90s. Yeah, I, that's But my, how I my timeline it. on Mark Anthony is not a. I mean, his biggest movie role is absolutely Man on Fire. Like, that's kind of the only movie I really associate him with. And that's 04. Um, great movie. Such a good movie. And he's good in it, too. So like, he's. Oh, he's, he's so good. Really good in that part. Um, apparently, he's going to be in In the Heights, which I did not know. So that's fun. Um, Just. Another reason to go watch that movie. But he, I know, but he, now. right now. Um, but he hasn't been in a movie, it'll be 15 years. He hasn't been in a movie since 2006, so, you know. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Mark um, Anthony, diversion over. Yeah. <laughs> so, silent Mark Anthony walks into the restaurant, and there's Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci just dicing veggies and cooking risotto. Mm-hmm. And um, arguably, the, just... The best part of the movie is watching Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub make Italian food. In that beautiful I, kitchen, too. Like, that is a oh my beautiful, God. I mean, it's like my it's ideal not, restaurant kitchen. Like It's not, like, aesthetically beautiful. It doesn't have, like, nice countertops or, like, a beautiful <laughs> stove. No, but, but it's, like, it's like how I would like to imagine any every time I go to a restaurant, I would like to imagine that's what the kitchen exactly. where my food's being made. It just looks like, yeah, because it's not flashy, but it's There's just, a lot of love Exactly, in it. yeah. Um, I wrote down at this point that I was like, I want Big Night, the Jean Dielman cut of just three hours of them making a, a Literally meal. Literally just and, and preparing it. all the vegetables and cooking the food. Yeah. I, I would, I would watch the hell out of that. Yeah. Um, and as you had previously mm-hmm. mentioned when you were talking about the intro, the first scene <clears throat> is one of the most, uh, like rip your face off. Oh, it's so unpleasant. <laughs> But I, I know those people. I mean, like, I, that, they are so real. That's what makes it. That's what makes it so unpleasant is that you know those people. I've seen people behave like that in restaurants, and it is, <laughs> it's no less upsetting to watch on screen than it is when it's like happening at the table next to you, and you're just like, no, stop, stop. What are you doing? Or when you're out like with people, like I, I, I could think of like a model UN or something. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out with, and so, so there's someone like acting like that. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want to exist at this point in time. Can I skip right. two hours? Yeah, exactly. Can I just like wander away? You like want to, yeah. Yeah. So there's these, these people in this 
so and they're the only table, right? So the restaurant's basically <laughs> totally empty. Well, there's there's one other person, but it's I believe the barber across the street that is like um, Primo's only friend, really. Right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. it's it's basically empty of actual customers. Of actual customers. Yeah, and they they don't want authentic Italian food. They want you know your your American Italian food and are confused by this delicious looking food they're being served. Why would someone complain about risotto? I, I know risotto is one of the best things that man has ever made. I know. I so I watched this movie at like eight o'clock in the morning and hadn't eaten anything yet today and just immediately was starving and immediately was like, I could eat risotto right now. <laughs> it's like eight I could o'clock eat risotto right now too. on a Sunday morning and I'm like, I could, I could, I could eat that. That looks good to me. Um, yeah. yeah, and like not understanding what risotto is. Ugh, man. Yeah. She's like, where's the seafood? And it's like. You see the sauce? Right. Yeah. The sauce? Yeah. That's the... Yeah. Unpleasant. But, uh, and you just... But it, it makes you feel so bad immediately for both Primo and Secondo. Like, just immediately. Just like, for the different ways they have to handle these people. Ex- exactly. And it's that dynamic. I mean, one, it's a, like, brother's dynamic. and But two, also just the, like business partners of like yes you're the creative genius chef but i have to actually run the front of the house of this restaurant and we have to have customers even if the customers are i have to r- deal with those right people. and there is a sort of a sort of customer is always right you know yeah like philosophy that you kind of, it's even when it's not true kind of has to be true because that's how business works but yeah, yeah watching them be so like ungrateful for this food is upsetting and then she asks for a side order of spaghetti to go with her risotto. Yeah. Immediately, I like gagged well, exa- when I watched it the it first time. Doesn't it come with spaghetti? Doesn't everything come? And yeah, it's just this very. And this takes place in the fifties. Is that? It, it, it's it middle mid century. Like it's pretty unspecific, but like based on just the cars and stuff, I was like maybe the sixties. I was just about to say, the Cadillac scene makes it feel like yeah. it's kind of and so yeah, so you fifties sixties. And kind of like said, there's there's. Plenty of places and people who even now, if they like go to an Italian restaurant, would be like, well, where's my spaghetti? Like, <laughs> but I feel mm-hmm. like especially then, I'm sure that they're yeah. just people had, you know, they're like Italian food. You're going to bring me spaghetti with red sauce on it, right? Okay. I, I like uh, where Primo, they just cut to Primo's face when Segundo has to tell him it. And it's just that Tony Shalhoub. Yeah. I am not putting up with your bullshit face. Yeah. Um. And uh, Tucci has to be like, they like starch. I don't know. Mixed spaghetti. Right, exactly. It's, yeah. Oh, God. She's a criminal. A Philistine. <laughs> you feel so bad for them. Yeah. Um, so after this in- terrible, terrible uh, first scene, I-, I actually find that scene really funny. I, I-, I do enjoy it a oh, lot. It's stressful. It is stressful. Um she goes to the bank, and at the bank, he learns he has basically until the end of the week to be able to pay his uh, his uh, bank loan, yeah. his his rent, um, or it's it's going to be shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, we already have like a ticking clock, mm-hmm. and I believe they say it's Thursday, so we know it like has to happen now. Right. Um, the first thing uh, Secundo tries to do to save it is he asks Primo to take risotto off the menu, which would break my heart. Yeah. Um, Primo comes back with an offer that they add hot dogs to the menu. Oh, God. Because that, 
that's what Americans like. Right. I felt so bad for Secondo in that scene where he's sort of like he's trying to make a good faith like look, mm-hmm. you know, let's with the risotto, it's not working. And then uh, Primo basically does a whole like bit with him where he's like, oh, no, he's like, here's what we can do, and then how do you say it? And, and the, uh, there's me, right? And Secundo's literally sitting here going, oh, okay, no, I'm sure. Okay. Are you thinking uh, of? He's like thinking, yeah, he's thinking, thinking of manicotti, like what? And then when he says hot dog, and then you can just he's like a oh, hot dog, right? He's like, cool, thanks, just, thanks for working with me on this. It, it's interesting the sort of dynamic of both of these brothers have very positive aspects mm-hmm. and very very negative aspects to the uh, the way they try to run their restaurant and the way they run their life. very flawed people, personally yes. and professionally. Like, yeah, neither one is always right or always wrong. Uh, yeah, they both have, like you said, <laughs> positive aspects and then a lot of a lot of flaws in the choices they're making yeah. also. Um, I, it's interesting, at the beginning of the movie, you kind of feel like Secundo's the reasonable brother oh, totally. of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, by the end, that sort of gets switched yeah um, a little bit but they're always inherently followed mm-hmm. both of them yeah there's a part right after that scene um where it's nighttime it's closing time and um primo and secundo are kind of jostling over secundo going out with phyllis mm-hmm. and do you want to come primo yeah. go, you go and primo's like no no yeah. do you just uh go see a movie mm-hmm. and um then secundo's so Primo's kind of like teasing Secundo, and then Secundo's like, "We can invite the flower lady." And then Primo immediately like climbs up. He's like, "No, no, no," yeah. which is um, sort of Primo's little crush. Yeah, uh, that scene was one of the most like deeply felt brotherly interaction scenes mm-hmm. I've ever seen in a movie. Um, when we were talking about sister movies on the last special pod that you and I did together, mm-hmm. I think this is on the other side one of the best brother movies. Mm-hmm. It's really good on-screen brothers yeah yeah no they have a really really good dynamic that feels lived in it feels very real um also it's like maybe not all brothers should go into business together like maybe there's a reason why this is a risky thing to do but you like i said you can always tell that they really care about each other even though they're very different like very different people yeah and very much get on each other's nerves which being a brother I, i that Dynamic. It's relatable, yeah. You care a lot, and you get on each other's nerves. It's very yeah. real. Yeah. My brother listens to this podcast. He's probably going to be yelling at me <laughs> through, through his phone <laughs> you, right you, th- now. you think he would uh, he would disagree with that assessment? No, he, I, he, I think he'd even more agree on say. that assessment than I would. <laughs> Fair. Um, so this is kind of the first scene where we get to know another one of the main cast of characters, which is Secundo meeting with Phyllis, played by... Literally the one and the only mini driver. So fantastic in this. Her oh, oh my god. Also just like does such a great American accent. Like every time I see her oh in a movie god. doing an American accent, I'm it surprises me every time, even though like I've seen her do it a million times now. I'm like, oh that's right. You're really good at this. Yeah. And um she really has to hit a very specific Americana right. American accent. It's not just it's not like a simple American accent or like a it's not just like a neutral. Yeah, it's 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 a very like deeply central uh-huh. sort of um, American accent, yeah. and I, I think she just really pulls it off. Yeah, this is right at the beginning, or I guess it's actually kind of in the middle of her like insane like came out of nowhere. In 1995, oh, yeah. she stars in Circle of Friends, and it's basically her first movie. 
Um, that mm-hmm. that to me is one of those people talk about like blockbuster movies or video store movies where like I've never seen Circle of Friends, but I can picture the like cover <laughs> of it because I walked past it eight million times in the video store. Yeah. I can picture Mini Driver and Chris O'Donnell and like something about being Irish and I don't know anything else about it. Um, but she stars <laughs> in that movie in 1995 without ever having been in a movie before. And then she's in Circle of Friends and GoldenEye the same year. She has the very funny small part in GoldenEye. She's great. She's, she's so great in GoldenEye. And then Big Night Sleepers, Gross Point Blank, Goodwill Hunting. And that's just her 95 to 97. Like, she just yeah. skyrocketed. And she kind of... I mean, she doesn't really disappear after that point, but she's never really the same. Right. She's never. She basically is like this huge breakout starring or being the female lead in all of these movies. And she's had a very long and successful career. But yeah, she never, never had a run like that again. And frankly, looking at the rest of her filmography, she basically is never like the lead after that in something. She kind of becomes a character actress. If she's the lead in anything, she's she's Jane and Tarzan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does do some voice um, work, some pretty... Yeah. And, she, and while not the lead lead, Carlotta in The Phantom is, is a pretty big role. She's, she's Well, I, you know I like that movie. That's like one of my bad opinions I is that I love. <laughs> I love the Phantom of the Opera movie. I know it's like not good. She's so funny in it. I, I, think, she's she really, I think she's really good in that. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's it, she, they cast her perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh because Carlotta is just a dream role right, for yeah. you go, the go sort of energy that you want. Has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think she goes like a perfect energy level mm-hmm. in this movie, which is just being so fed up. Yeah. With like Tucci yeah. just not ever committing, right? But never being like the ridiculous girlfriend about right, it, right? Exactly. No, I I like that too. Um, I mean, and I I guess I never was too worried about it because you could just tell from the tone of this movie and like that it wasn't going to be that kind of movie. But a lesser yeah. film would have her, yeah, be like the nagging girlfriend who just is mm-hmm. like, why won't you commit? And why are you? Why won't you pay more attention to me? And she's just not like that at all. She's frustrated with him, but you understand why. And she's not mm-hmm. just like some nag, which is, yeah, really good. I'm, I'm still confused why someone wouldn't propose to Minnie Driver I know. at all. I know, but, yeah. You know. Anyway, so after the scene with Minnie Driver, um, we get to arguably my favorite section of the movie, which is um, Secundo, at the end of his rope, decides, I need to go ask Pascal across the street This scene is what insane. <laughs> so Pascal is basically... Uh, is Do you know what Buca de Beppo is? I mean... If- Yes, I know what Buca de Beppo is. Okay, I, I honestly didn't know if Buca de Beppo was like an Albuquerque oh, no, chain or no. a nationwide chain. I, I don't know. I can't I can't speak to its prevalence in, in the East Coast or anything, so I can't say that if it's national or not. But I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah I, Buca de Beppo, huge deal where I was growing up. I was actually going to make a comment because um, that song Mambo Italiano that plays at the end, which I know is associated with this movie. Like I, I know like from context that it's like sort of from this movie and it's such a, it's used so well in the end of this movie, but I can't not think of a Buca de Beppo commercial. Like when I <laughs> hear that song, I'm like, that's a Buca de Beppo commercial. <laughs> that was my first thought when it started playing. So yeah. I, I did have that on the brain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but Pascal's is basically like the Buga de Beppo yeah. of this little he's, uh, coastal town. He's giving the people what they want, for better or worse. It's like very simple, very Americanized food. Yeah. And, and I think the film <laughs> does a good job of like recognizing like this food is objectively not as good as Prima's food, mm-hmm. but it's not like the worst thing in the world right. to serve someone some steak it's, yeah, it's, and call it Italian. Right. It's weirdly, again, it, it's weirdly not judgmental. Like, it's not, it's like he's doing this thing. We understand that it's not something that, you know, Secondo or definitely Primo would ever do and it's not something yeah. we approve of. And I mean, I agree with a lot of what Primo Exa- says exactly. about it. But I, it's inherently a, it, a thing that happens and right. it's okay. And there's obviously a demand. Like, you can't, you can't force, there's pe- demand. force people to have good taste or you know like it was even meaner than i mean it to sound but like there's a market like i mean yeah you're gonna have fast food places you're gonna have like yeah and and sometimes even i just want a steak and some pasta and call it italian exactly and that's clearly what the the people in this town are looking for and you know Mm -hmm. yes everyone should should challenge their tastes and their palates and their lived experiences but uh pascal knows what he's doing yeah, and um, his restaurant has an ambiance that, uh, the Paradise, which is the mm-hmm. restaurant owned by Shalhoub and Tucci. They, they really film Pascal's so different, like, immediately. It goes from very still shots, no mm-hmm. camera movement, yeah, f- sort of wide, very, to, like, like let's throw the camera in front of people that are laughing and ha-ha-ha. Yeah. Um, and the intro of Ian Holm, where the camera, like, swivels around throws a big old dolly zoom so you funny. hear a drum roll he's in front of a fire <laughs> um that's that's the only acceptable way to introduce someone <laughs> yeah. as awesome as ian holm is yeah he, he brings a big personality to this uh this movie for sure he's he's doing a lot but um you know in a way that i think the character demands like this guy would have a big personality mm-hmm. yeah so I do think it's interesting. Um, this obviously seemed like a real passion project of Stanley Tucci's, mm-hmm. who is an uh, Italian American, and yeah. this is really a specific Italian American experience. Right. Um, he casts one other Italian in this. I movie. know. I yeah. It, it's <laughs> and I, then makes Ian Holm and Tony Shalhoub play Italians. Right, and Tony Shalhoub <laughs> is um, Lebanese American, and. Um, you know, I, I can see how it's like, okay, put a little mustache on him and, you know, people can't really tell the difference between I Italian. I mean, he's from the Mediterranean. He kind of has right. that sort of <laughs> little bit darker <laughs> skin tone that... It's like the most British man alive. Well, not alive anymore. But in his day, oh. it was, I know he just died last year, um, but he, he was like the most British man. And then <laughs> it took me a couple of scenes. I, I, I got into the groove with it. But at first I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> Like you're asking me to believe that this that Bilbo over here is an Italian guy. Like he played Bilbo Baggins, like the the yeah. Englishman, right? Like that is and, Bilbo Baggins' whole deal is he's the prototypical Englishman and uh you know. Arguably even more prototypical Englishman is his role in Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Oh. where he he just plays this like frustrated British bureaucrat. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, my first reference with him is is typically as Ash in Alien, yeah, it's, it's, it's Asher Bilbo, it's really, Ash depending Bilbo. on your age. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but yeah, no, he throws himself into this role as Pascal and doing a, I have no idea about the Italian accents. 
in this movie. No. Um, the only thing that makes me a little sort of skeptical of the Italian accents is how different Isabella Rossellini sounds from everybody else. <laughs> and I'm like, she sounds very different than everybody else. And she's the only person who's actually from Italy, like born and raised. So that just, because uh, I, but I also think hers was just a little bit more like smooth and subtle. Everyone else doing a fake Italian accent is always going to sound a little bit like it's, ah. a, it's a me and Mario kind of situation. <laughs> um, I kind of think casting Ian Holm as the least Italian person ever as this person that's basically yeah. bastardizing Italian food for right it's fast it's, casual dining right. is it's it's great casting right and if anyone can scream a mamma mia yeah it's gonna be ian Holm. exactly yeah he he brings it for sure so no no complaints there it was just a little bit funny i i love the discussion they have in his back room um mm-hmm. there's this weird like he says uh you should come working for me with me and it it reminded me of like the office, like the assistant regional manager, assistant the assistant to, to the regional yeah. manager. Exactly. Like these slight phrasings little, on like what what we're gonna call it. Little, yeah, little little uh, tiny difference that makes all the difference in the world, re- realistically. Yeah. And so basically, Secundo's asking uh, Pascal for a loan. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's an incredible cinematic joke in this movie, which is the blocking with the lamp on the table, mm-hmm. where you're basically. Ian Holmes' face is almost completely covered by this lamp, uh, the light of the lamp, mm. and Secundo's face is almost completely covered by like the stem of the lamp, mm. and even someone that doesn't understand what cinematic blocking is is immediately like, "What the fuck right. is going yeah, on? Why does this scene weird. look like this?" Yeah, yeah, it really. But then it, it cuts. The great thing is that it cuts to a wide shot of the two of them, and then the lamp just looks completely normal. But you're so used to this immediate blocking that you can't mm-hmm. unsee the lamp yeah. between them even with this wide shot of the two of them <laughs> and then they even address the joke at one point when ian holmes slams the lamp down yeah and it, then even when he slams the lamp down it cuts back to the shot of uh secundo and then the lamp's just covering his face even more in that yeah. shot i that whole that's scene, one of my favorite moments of the movie yeah that whole scene has a really like and that like it has a fun energy to it that I was like, yes. okay, I can, I can get on this level. Like with, with this, you know, ridiculous where the movie, like you said, it's very knowing, like it's, it wants you to be laughing at this stuff. But I mean, like the blocking is artistically needed to be like, these right. two people are definitely not on the same side right. of this coin. It, it, ex- exactly. It's like, this is not just a, you know, fr- I mean, it's a friendly conversation, but it's really showing you that, like, no, this is a this is an adversarial this, relationship we have well, yeah. here. Yeah, I love the line that um, Ian Holm has where he says, "Bite your teeth into the ass of life." Yeah, I just watched Houseu again recently, and it reminded me of. Uh... Sure. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that 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 would make me think of that also. I had not thought of that, but that's true. And then at the end of the scene, when they go outside, we're introduced to another one of our f- famous actors. We've already brought her up, Isabella Rossellini, mm-hmm. who I think is like really slept on in this movie. She is yeah. so good as the other woman and mm-hmm. uh, also Pascal's wife because mm-hmm. she she's having an affair with Secundo. Right. Um, she's so casual. She's so low key. Movie. Like she's like so low-key in this movie in a way that i think is really interesting um it's kind Mm -hmm. of like she's just like 
everyone else is very stressed or very worked up and she's kind of just along for the ride um yeah. and not in a way i love the energy she yeah, has because it's and it's it, not it it feels purposeful it's not in a way that feels like she's not trying or something it's like no yes. this is just how this woman would probably be like mm-hmm. i don't know What's she got to worry about? She's just like, whatever. I'm I'm married to this guy. He's kind of a pain in the ass. I'm having an affair with this guy. Like, she's just she living her life. She seems to be having an affair with a couple people. Well, yeah, I was going to say. She's uh, not kind of not uh, <laughs> They wink, wink at, the, at one part of the movie. Yeah. But, um, and this comes up later, but Ian Holm totally knows. Like, yes. and it seems pretty, if not, it, it's unsaid, but well understood. Mm-hmm, right. Between these characters. Um, I think her character is best summed up by part of the discussion that they have where um, Pascal's trying to say, um, let me be your lighthouse to Secundo, but mm. he can't uh, figure out the word lighthouse. Right. He's like, be the light in the rain. <laughs> and uh, Isabella Rossellini has to say just like very casually, lighthouse, House. honey. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then Pascal's like, yes, come to me if there's uh, any rain going on. And then she just says, some people like the rain. And like this, yeah, she's really good. Yeah, and then the basic premise is uh, to save for this big night. Mm-hmm. Pascal is going to invite one of his famous friends, the genuinely great um, Italian jazz singer Louis Prima, mm-hmm. to come to this big night where Secundo and Prima are going to be able to show off their. Uh, show off their food, mm-hmm. drum up business, and get enough uh, money to keep open and hopefully stay open. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm assuming immediately you know that was a lie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, you, you just know Pascal's full of it. Like, why oh, would he do yeah. this? He's not going to do this. Like, yeah. Yeah, like I said, for, and I think it works i mean in some ways it, it i was like oh man so now i'm just gonna be sitting here waiting for everybody to be just so so disappointed um but it this but what it it ends up i mean yes it matters but it also kind of ends up not mattering right because it gives them a goal it gives them something to focus on and something to work towards which is you know almost as important as having a big important person come to their restaurant mm-hmm. agrees um yeah, so the next day, Secundo tells Primo, but they don't tell Primo this is Pascal's idea because Primo right. does not like Pascal. Right. Um, he says he's got this famous guy, Louis Primo, and of course, uh, Primo is like, okay, the fact that there's a guy named Louis Primo and then Primo, played by yeah. Chalub in this movie, is a little but anyway. Um, but Primo, of course, like, they should just come for the food. We don't need this weird extravagance, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again. Right. Primo. Yeah, but he... Work he, with me a little Right, yeah, because he gets very much like, yeah, this is... We shouldn't have to do this. They should be coming for the food. It's kind of like... And I think Secundo basically actually says, like, well, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, they should be, but they're not, so we have to do something. Yeah. yeah. Their first stop to set up for the big night uh, introduces us to our last major actor, I believe, mm-hmm. in the movie, which is Alice and Janney as yeah. the flower girl. Mm-hmm. Um, was this pre uh the west wing i don't know when the west wing yeah by about started. five years yeah okay i thought west or wing maybe three been... years anyway west wing started in 99 so it was like it was like three years i guess before that a little bit yeah 
Allison Janney looks so fucking young in this. I know. She, I, I, it took me a second to recognize her. Like, I was looking at her, and I, I had seen her name in the credits, so I, but it wasn't really until she started talking that I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, Al- Allison Janney, that's right. But and She has a very noticeable voice. She has a very recognizable voice. And frankly, she has a recognizable look, too. Like, she she's does. so, like, you know, she's very statuesque, like, very slender but tall, and, you know, she's as the florist. Like, she has these, like, very smart pants, you know, that she wears, yes. and a little, like... Like sort of kerchief in her hair, and yeah, she's great in this. Talking about tall, I believe she's like a head taller than Tony Shalhoub in this movie. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, she's six. She's six feet tall, like Allison. Yeah, Jesus, and so. Shalhoub is not a tall man. Minnie Driver also tall. Minnie Driver is, oh, like, yeah. is also I like think... a head taller than Stanley Tucci when you see them standing next to each other. So I don't know. And Rossellini has to be taller than Ian Holm. I mean, because everyone is taller than Ian, Ian Holm is is actually Hobbit sized. Um, yeah, no, they. Yeah, no vanity with these guys. They're, there's plenty of scenes where they're all we standing around where the women movie. are just like all a head taller than them. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Janny and Shaloub's chemistry is so cute. It's very cute. It's very it, sweet. I just want to scream. Yeah, it's very uh, sweet. When she says she's going to just go home, draw a bath, and read a book, and he's like, what's the story? And she's like, oh, it's the, the Pioneer- West. Like, yeah, the Pioneers. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wagon trains, families, like, <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. good. Um, they're so cute together. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is basically sorry. Now I'm looking at Alice and Janney. This is not exactly. I mean, this is close to like it's a very early role for her. She, she's is this her first major role? Maybe yes. I mean, she has some stuff. She has one movie in. 1989 that I've never heard of. Um, and then she has a couple movies in 94, but she's generally credited as party guest, woman in shop, uh, computer operator. So gotcha. this is one of her very first roles. She's in, um, also she's in, well, she's in walking and talking, but she doesn't have a character name in that. So this is a, yeah, this is well, in the same year. She's in the movie as saleswoman. So this is definitely one of her like earliest like most prominent roles for sure. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she knocks it out of the park. I think. Yeah. She's so good in. Yeah. The sort of character she Fantastic, plays. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what Primo's doing to set up is picking out flowers. Um, Tucci's working um, to kind of fix up the restaurant, mm-hmm. and Minnie Driver like startles him, and uh, Minnie Driver's just the most charismatic person. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. They decide we are going to be making timpano. They do decide that. Now, did you know what timpano was? Yeah, yeah into... I did, but only because like I've read article, like I've read articles about it and it in this movie before. Like I remember, I like I remember New York Times did a write up a while ago that was like how to make yep, the, there's you know, the New York Times, yeah. Uh... So I'd seen that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Was, yeah, uh... no, not, not a surprise. I, I had been familiar. I had no idea what a timpano was, and uh, we'll get to it, but when they reveal the timpano, and, and well, everyone I've watched with, there's an audible... Even <gasps> even when they start, when they when they show you in the act, like, they show you basically the process of making it, like, when they're, like, putting yeah. the dough in, and they're filling it up, and you, even watching And you're that, kind I'm, of, like, confused with, like, what they, cause they that? Yeah, because they don't really explain it all. They're just like, here's what we're going to do, and they start cooking it, and... You're just like, what? They're putting dough and it's a bowl and now they're just like dumping stuff in it? Like, what is this going to be? There's like, like there's, uh, they're putting pasta and uh, tomato sauce and um, they're putting uh, 
hard-boiled eggs yes, like and salami sausages. and eggs and like yeah i i am skeptical of the timpano i would try it but i am a little <laughs> skeptical of this big fancy dish they're making but it's as uh, i wrote down this specific quote from prino explaining what it was to mini driver mm-hmm. as she asks uh it's a pasta with a special crust shaped like a drum and only the most important things in the world are inside. Yep. So uh, it's got to taste good if yeah. only the most important things in the yeah. world are inside. And it's very, they say, it's like from, you know, from where they're from. And so it's very personal to them. Yeah. Yes. Um, so they they mention that they're from Bologna at a couple points mm-hmm. in this movie, when uh, especially when um, later in the movie, Primo is telling Alice and Janie's character about uh, lasagna Bologna. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, there's a CNN cooking show with Stanley Tucci right now where he travels Italy, mm-hmm. um, and he just goes from, like, region to region and eats food, mm-hmm. and I'm very, very jealous of Stanley Tucci <laughs> yeah, and the life that. he lives. Um, and I wish I was just with him through all that. <laughs> sure. But uh, in the episode where he goes to Bologna, he specifically brings up, like, Oh, this is where Timpano comes Aww. from. And in my movie, The Big Night, we made Timpano. And then he made a Timpano. Nice. Just like they did with Big Night. Oh, I was man. Like, oh, I want to watch that God. now. That's cool. It's it's really good. It's probably my favorite episode of the show. Nice. Um, I will say it cuts to a shot of Tucci and Shaloub step by step mm-hmm. making penne. Mm-hmm. Literally from egg in the flour to the yeah. mixing to the rolling to the cutting to yep. the shaping. That could just be categorized as porn. Yeah, I it's think. The, the the cooking scenes are all really really good, like and and are well shot too. Um, like aside, because like I I, mean, I watch a lot of like cooking programming, and so it's like I'm kind of yeah. a sucker for it regardless. But it, it it's really well done in a way that it it feels. But it, but it's Tucci and Tony Shalhoub doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's it no, looks it's, great. It does. It looks great. Hmm. Um, around this part is also when Mark Anthony's first line of dialogue, Secundo, the phone for you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that important line of dialogue. <laughs> it's like, Mark Anthony, you have one of the most beautiful voices in the world. I You're know. not allowed to speak in nope. this movie. <laughs> Doesn't sing, barely talks. He's just like, he's, he's there. He's just showing off his cheekbones. It's fine. Um, I, I did forget to mention, uh, Leo Schreiber pops up in this movie. Did you recognize oh, him? Oh, yeah. He's just standing like, outside. Yeah, the- he, he has... Five seconds of screen time um, when he and Ian Holm chase their cook out mm -hmm. of the restaurant who's on fire. Yeah. Which is so weird Uh, and unsettling. What is the point of that? I don't, I did not really understand the point of that scene at all. It never comes up again? Nope. No, and I, I mean, you know, you're always guessing at this stuff, but like, was there a longer scene there was something cut like i mean Liv schreiber was not famous yet but um no but like he's credited <laughs> so but he's credited as a character with a name and so he's apparently he plays that Leo. actually makes sense that he would have had uh it like maybe he had showed up at a different point yeah but and this, uh, this is the same year this is the same year as scream um which you have not seen right I, I haven't seen any of the sequels to Scream, oh, but, you have but seen, I have or, seen yeah. Scream, so and he, Scream is great. He, he does the same thing in Scream. He's on yeah. camera with no, in one scene, one scene, maybe two shots, but like no lines. Like you just see that they're like, and Cotton Weary, and there's Liv Schreiber, and no dialogue. <laughs> and so it's really weird. Like, and he'd been in a few other movies. Like he'd already been in, in the Nora Ephron movie, Mixed Nuts. 
He was also in Walking and Talking this year. And then by 97, he's in Scream 2 and has a pretty major part in that. But it's just funny that, like, I, that was my first thought when I saw him in this. I'm like, man, weird 96 for Liv Schreiber, who's just like, I'm just going to stand here and be on camera. And then we're never going to go back to you again. So that was so funny. He, I recognized him immediately. really recognizable. That's the thing. Um, I have He's tall. seen him in person. Um, what? Uh, in a mall, parking, mall parking lot. <laughs> he was like get, getting his kids out of the car. This was years ago. It was, I think when um, he was still married to, what's her name? Naomi Watts. Um, but yeah, tall man. I did not yeah. interact with him. Hard to miss. Did not interact with him in any way because I was like walking to an escalator and I was just like, I think that's Liv Schreiber. And then <laughs> that was the extent of it. But he was tall. Um, actually, this is the last, uh, famous person that we have to get to in the movie of, uh, sort of cast of characters is someone I call Cadillac Scott. Oh, uh, Campbell Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to call him Cadillac, Cadillac Scott. Cadillac Scott. I mean, fair enough. So he's the, he's co-directed this with Tucci, apparently. And co-wrote it, I believe. Okay. Yeah. It was like co-created basically, because they're both listed as, uh, producers and, um, you know, co-directors and everything. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, what What is your affinity to uh, Campbell Scott? I was trying to figure out what I know him from because he's like, I'm like, okay, that's like a generically recognizable face. Um, I don't know that I have any specific association with him. Um, I did. Apparently he's in the, the amazing Spider-Man movies. I did not see those. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I think in, reality yeah i do i'm not even sure like music and lyrics yeah i do not have any strong associations with him he, in particular. he's also in day trippers which is a pretty oh, sure popular movie because that's the first movie by uh that bombach no Who no it's trippers? uh greg it's greg uh matola who made the super bad movie oh, and, Paul and, and stuff okay gotcha. and that, that was kind of like where he got to start which uh also is uh, 1996 and has Stanley Tucci and Lee Schreiber in it. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, I've seen... Again, that's another one where I'm like, yep, I have seen that poster for that movie. Yeah. Um, Campbell Scott's just one of those people, like, I uh, know. Yeah. And I've never, ever seen uh, Yeah, that's anything. kind I've of the same thing. His heard him name to. is so familiar. I So, for example, I did know he's he stars in Singles, which I've never seen. The Cameron Crowe, the very early Cameron Crowe yep. movie. Like, he was just like a 90s guy. Um, he was a He was a big time 90s guy, like a lot of sort of Sundancey 90s movies. Um, but yeah, he's, no offense to him, quite generic looking. So I was just kind of like, <laughs> I think I know this guy. Um, but yeah, he is a Cadillac salesman in this movie. Um, given given Secundo the hard sell of... He, he's great. I love when um, Secundo starts talking and he just responds with like, I detect an accent. Right. Which is just a weird way to it start a conversation. Got a weird someone. vibe, but he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's a very effective car salesman. Mm-hmm. He says uh, like Italy, the the country of history, or something. Yeah. Um, Stanley Tucci mutters a great line: "In Italy, there is nothing but history." Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea that like you buy next year's car this year, and then next year you want next year's car, mm-hmm. which is uh, he, he sounds like the uh, the Pascal of. Uh, I was gonna say the salesman. whole thing feels so scammy, but buying a car always feels scammy, so it felt yeah. very real. Um. He uh, 
I, I, I think that it's just a great scene between the two of them. Yeah. They're just driving and smoking. I, and say, I like that sort of montage part when they're just like driving down the road and he's lighting a cigarette with the cigarette lighter. Uh, yeah. And I was like, that just seems like a fun, fun guy's hanging out. Um, I think it, it helps represent like just how sucked up Sakuno can be to sort of extravagance well, or that's yeah like being admired. Right. Like that's what we were sort of talking about with, you know, Primo has all of his issues and what have you, but this is where you sort of start to realize that Secundo, like, he has his own faults and hang-ups, which are more about, like, stat, yeah, status and, yeah, attention and praise and, you know, he's... He'd rather go out and test drive a Cadillac and then sleep with his mistress than it, help his girlfriend it, and his brother. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's when you're just like, okay, buddy, you don't really have the moral high ground here. Mm-hmm. There's such a weird thing about Campbell Scott's character, which is he just has a cast. Okay. And I wonder if... <laughs> and he asks, what happened to you? I hurt myself. Okay. And then it just... Do, doing what? I don't know. Right. And then we never... Again, it's another thing where it's like... And this happens sometimes in movies and TV shows where the character, presumably, or the actor, presumably, just like broke their wrist or whatever. And so... They're just like, oh. But it's, yeah, it's, it's it's such a weird little, especially because they do acknowledge it and they do have this little line of dialogue and he sort of is evasive about what happened. We never learned. It's not a plot point. It's fine. It sort of weirdly makes the movie feel more lived in. Yeah. yeah. But that's just like there's, everyone has these like weird things going on oh, yeah, that right. are just so outside of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People's chefs are getting set on fire and people's yeah. arms are broken. Yeah, <laughs> but it happens. Uh, you, you go. You go on with uh, what you uh, what you can do. <laughs> exactly. Um. So at this point, he gets back to the restaurant. Um. They're continuing to set up. Pascal comes in, um, to talk with them, and he lets slip to Primo that he was the one that got Louis Primo to come. Uh-huh. And at that point, it's like, yeah. Oh, you slipped. Right, oh. yeah, of course, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's got his own mm-hmm. uh, goals and ends, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, it, it's a little uh, crazy that, like, I'm just like, Secundo, come on, yeah. just see it. No. And I, I almost think Primo knows it. I, that was kind of my vibe, too, especially because, well, I mean, at least later on at the end, he basically is just, like, not he basically reacts like he's not surprised with what he expected all along. And so I think from at least this moment, it makes him, even if he doesn't he's know like, for sure, he has a feeling where he's like, I think I, yeah, I, I have a bad Secundo, feeling Unlike Secundo, he's this. not putting his chips into this. Right, exactly. Because he kind of has just been along for the ride anyway. This was Secundo's grand plan to save them, whereas pretty much just like, okay, well, we're doing this thing. We're making this meal. Um, yeah, I, I, you can tell he's... He's not fully uh, believing <laughs> that this is going to be the, their grand savior here. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, he kind of has to pull Secundo into the other room and be like, "You, know uh, yeah. who, who Pascal is? Yeah. You, 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 this is the guy you trust." Yeah. Um, he, there's this great part where he's like, uh, "You know what goes on in that restaurant every night?" Right. <gasps> that. that- <laughs> 
Scenes Mary that were crazy. Ray. I was like, whoa, primo. Okay. Like, yeah, he starts screaming the word rape at the top of his lungs. And I'm like, buddy, I know you don't approve of Pascal's business model, but lordy. Like, I, I could feel like the saliva that he's oh like King George spitting yeah, out of like, the yeah, screen at me. Screaming, just like running back and forth in this room. And it's like, okay, like. We understand. You do not it, like Primo. the guy. We we know you're not going to eat at the restaurant. It's okay. Uh, but no, that, mm-hmm. that was funny. Yeah. Uh, at this point, he goes over to the uh, barber across the street. And he makes a call to someone named, I think, Uncle Frank. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's, uncle it's their uncle. Yeah, it's, somebody, it's Uncle somebody, yeah. Um, basically, we kind of get this in piecemeal information. But long story short, and this seems to be, have been going on for a long time, mm-hmm. where... Primo knows more than Secundo thinks he knows that the restaurant's going out of business. Because Secundo's trying not to worry right. Primo with the knowledge. But, I mean, the restaurant's sitting empty every night. You probably have a pretty good idea yeah. <laughs> that things aren't going well. And I, Primo is, you know, helping buy the risotto and the flowers. And mm-hmm. I think he knows how much money they are spending on a, a regular basis. Right. And it seems like for a while he's been talking with this uncle of his that's mm-hmm. like, um, I have a new restaurant in Rome. Right. I need someone to help cook mm-hmm. and to help serve, and you guys would yeah. are welcome to come yeah, back. Yeah, come back to Italy and just run this restaurant, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, if Secundo is actively trying to save the restaurant and Primo's actively kind of tanking it... Yeah. Or just, or just kind of like so, writing it off. Like, he's just not invested in... He, he's he's not motivated to take any action to, to turn things around, Yeah. yeah. At the same time, Secundo never really has a backup plan. Right. Yeah. And on the other hand, Primo is a little bit more reasonable of like, this is how I want to cook. If it doesn't work out, I have this uncle. He wants to hire me for a restaurant back in Italy, and it's going to be fine. Right. But as we learn in the Cadillac scene, uh, Secundo never going back to Italy, right. he says. Yeah. And so immediately, like, there's multiple histories and storylines and stuff. And I, 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 I think... This sort of piecemeal, there's never this, like, scene where, I mean, there's a scene where they sort of yell the confrontation to each other at the end, but Mm -hmm. there's never this, like, ongoing uh, narrative dialogue where they're, like, basically speaking to camera. I do not want to go back to Italy. No, we must go back to Italy with the uncle. It's just how they're living their lives. Like, you they're just, they're on these sort of, like, divergent, you know, paths, and you can you can tell it and it's 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 a really show not tell kind of i i think it's a great way to tell the story absolutely um yeah so basically at this point the big night is starting so basically uh we sort of pan over this immaculate table placement Mm -hmm. and compared to what we've seen the rest of the time in the restaurant it's immediately recognizable like something's different um mini driver walks into this restaurant in a a dress true um yeah and uh then it cuts to stanley tucci in a white suit Mm -hmm. and it's just like this is maybe the best that everyone in this movie has ever looked in their entire lives yeah Yeah. um shaloub is in this like immaculately clean double-breasted chef's outfit instead of this sort of like sweaty like little chef shirt with an apron that he's usually wearing and it's like yeah tonight's gonna be different yeah um, there's this beautiful part where they're sort of in the back getting ready to start and um, 
they realize this is kind of like their last moment and they, they lean in to give each other a hug. Mm-hmm. And right at that moment, the newspaper reporters come in and say, they're like, say yeah. for Maggio and take their picture. Yeah. And this is kind of when the dinner mm-hmm. sort of actually starts. Um, the shot composition is exactly like how Pascal's was being shot earlier. The mm-hmm. camera's flying everywhere. Well, and now it's filled with people because, like, they have their their friends are there, and you know, yeah. the people they've invited, and so it, yeah. Now it has that energy. I love that um, Campbell Scott's there yeah. with his broken arm, yep. just sort of eating and dancing around, yep. and it's like. Literally all these people that we saw throughout it's, it's the movie. It's literally just people that, yeah, people who just sort of they've encountered are, it, everyone <laughs> everyone but Liv Schreiber gets to come to the party. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe one of the people that they're buying, that Sakuno's buying meat from is there as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Um, just all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and Alice and Janie shows up and just looks amazing. Yeah. Like, and uh, I love how Shalhoub reacts to what he hears that she's coming. Right. He yeah. runs over, grabs like a bunch of parsley and starts eating it. So funny. And he's like trying to check his breath in like a, a, a on a pot top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A pot cover. Mm-hmm. How, I, how I would react if uh, my crush had yeah. come into a restaurant I was cooking Well, in. and I like how uh, Secundo, like, I think it's Secundo who, like, when he brings him over and, like, it, sort of when he steps out of the way and they see each other, it's, it's just shot very sweetly. Yeah. And yeah. and um, I don't believe Primo knew that that's what uh, it, she was going to come because Secundo is the like. one to pick up the flower right. order later. And convinces and her to come. he invites her. Yeah. 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 So no. it's very sweet. Um, I love the scene that when they, when she goes back and, um, Primo's kind of telling her about his cooking. Um, he's like tasting the sauce. He like puts his finger in like this steaming, uh, like a pan mm-hmm. and tastes it. And he offers Alice and Janie to do it, and, and she can't do it because it's too hot. Yeah. And so he just like dunks his finger in and sticks it in her mouth. Yeah. And it's like, oh my okay. god. All right. Yeah. Um, but she enjoys it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good, goes okay. good for Janny. Yeah, good off. for Janny. Good for Primo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's describing the timpano as you have to kill yourself after eat it because you just can't live anymore. It's mm-hmm. too good. Yeah. Um, great quote. He says, uh, "She says, oh my god," and he says, "Oh my god is right." So now to eat food, you know, to eat food is to be close to God. You know what they say: to know God, to have the uh, the knowing of God. And she has to go knowledge and he's like yeah. the knowledge of god is the bread of angels i'm not sure what that means but it's true anyway <laughs> that, that probably gets the biggest laugh out of yeah me in, the, in the whole movie yeah no i i really liked i thought that that whole part was was really sweet with the two of them and you know because yeah that's all he wants is that she really she truly appreciates his food like you know and it's very it's very genuine and that was a very sweet moment um it's it's interesting how much playful chemistry those two people have when a lot of the stuff that I kind of associate them with mm-hmm. is they're always sort of like the hardline stiff person that's always needing to be serious. Mm-hmm. Right. Granted, they usually are in comedy, so it's kind of a joking. More just like yeah, thing. kind of the straight the straight person in a comedy, yeah. And and they're kind of straight people in this movie, but when mm-hmm. they get together on their own, they're right. so like adorable and playful with yeah. each other. I. I love seeing this kind of come out of them. Mm-hmm. 
Um, another great moment in this whole big night is uh, Isabella Rossellini and Mini Driver have an entire just scene. Mm-hmm. They get to hang out together. Yeah. Um, they talk about Secundo mm-hmm. wanting to find a cowboy. Mm-hmm. What the West is like. This is, that's just one of my favorite parts. Yeah, too. I like I liked their interaction a lot. And uh, I I mean, Mini Driver doesn't know that. Um, yeah what's going on there but Isabella Rossellini totally knows and okay. you can tell she's kind of jealous of her most of the movie yeah. but they she's very kind to her and it's it's I, I just like the way everyone sort of treats each other in the mm-hmm. movie with some sort of respect respect and kindness even if they're sort of on opposing sides of yeah whatever's well like going you on. said many, many driver doesn't know that they're uh, she on doesn't opposing sides yeah. but no I, I do like that even though you know and it'll it'll all come to a head um and yeah, Isabella Rosalie's out here having all of her affairs. But I do like, you know, yeah, that it's not, no one's being bitchy to each other. There's not this sort of like jealousy cat fight element. Everyone's just doing their best. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like the infamous, like, I, I think it cuts to Minnie Driver and she's like throwing up. I'm assuming out of like anxiety and nervousness, mm-hmm. like yeah. she's really nauseous about making tonight work. Mm-hmm. And Isabella Rosalini just goes over and like holds her hair up, yeah. which yeah, just, two gals just, just taking care a, of each other. a sweet person, yeah. Um, the first of many great dance sequences happens in this movie at this point, where someone is basically has a lip, lip sync challenge to a Lee Me Prima song yes. that turns into a Congo line for three whole minutes. Yeah. I know it, just, it, it uh, feels like a music. It feels like a music video just starts in the middle of this scene. It, but. it really reminded me of like a straight up Bollywood movie where people just decide to break out mm-hmm. into song and dance in the middle of yeah. something going on. The lip singing made me laugh though. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sort of Bollywood cinema, because I recommended this movie to you, mm-hmm. saying that the vibe reminded me of Monsoon Wedding, mm-hmm. which is one of yeah. your favorite movies, um, which is just kind of like, there's a big event, mm-hmm. there's all these people, Yeah, none of them are necessarily great people, Yeah, there's a lot of secrets. But all of them and... are very likable mm-hmm. and at some level. In Monsoon Wedding, you do have the pedophile. Yeah, there's that. But... Um, but you and also a lot of love. get, I see, yeah, but it also has like a, a little bit more of an unambiguously happy ending in that one. That's they, true. They get That's that guy true. out of there and everybody else gets to, uh, you know, Now, because I, I sort of tried to pitch you with this movie like that. Did mm-hmm. that come up in your mind when you were watching it? Yeah. The, the two movies that I really like that it made me think of um, were Monsoon Wedding and then another movie that I bring up a lot, uh, which is The Commitments, which I can't, you've never, hmm. you haven't seen The Commitments, right? No, so I don't think I even know that movie. Irish movie about a band, about a bunch of people in Ireland oh, who want to start a yes. soul band. Um, yes, I do know this spo- movie. Spoiler alert for The Commitments, that movie ends with them having a big performance showcase and Otis Redding is going to come and he's going to see them perform. And oh, no. Guess who never shows up. And so like it, it's a very sort of similar thing where it's their one big shot and... You know, they, um, you know, you get a sense very early on that this is not going to work out and they don't really know and they yeah. figure it out later, but it all, it kind of is still worth it in the end because they still had this great performance and they sort of proved it to themselves that they are a great band. Um, mm-hmm. but no, the, the, the famous singer does not show up. They do not, does not leap them into fame and fortune. Um, and so it has a very similar vibe at the, at the end when you know the guy isn't coming and they're just like, well, yeah. we, it's our big night anyway. So, Fair enough. Yeah. Um, 
also sort of the thing I would describe, at least the two movies I've seen here that kind of remind me of, which is like, how is this not the most famous movie of the year that it came out? And not to say that these like weren't really famous or successful movies, because mm-hmm. I think we've talked about like Monsoon Wedding was a really popular movie, especially for India right. um, cinema in America. Mm-hmm. And Big Night saw like, you know, modest success. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not sure why these movies that are so well made and so fun to watch mm-hmm. and feel like they can definitely be like genuinely anyone can watch it and like it. Mm-hmm. Like why they're not a Goodwill hunting or something, which is like a, a similar yeah. thing where it's just like these people that are sort of flawed but fun mm-hmm. and sort of come together. And Yeah, I mean, there's not always rhyme or reason, I think, into sort of why certain things break of out course, like, right and certain things don't i mean with stuff like monsoon wedding it's always hard with you know the subtitles the um, the, 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 the subtitles and the 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 sort of it's a different country a culture. different culture it's, and it's, everything it's, but like you said it was wildly successful. i mean i saw it you know just myself which is not for a, a foreign film like that you know with not i was not exactly seeking out international cinema mm-hmm. when i was like 18 or whenever i saw that um <laughs> But yes, and like Big Night's one of those movies that I've heard of it. I it's very famous, mm-hmm. and and people talk about it a lot. But yeah, there's not really. It's kind of interesting. Like you could feel like it could have been a really big, you know. Get five, five years later, it could have been my uh, big fat Greek wedding. You know. Oh, that's another good sort of comp for it. Right. I, I feel like if I, if I'm in like a movie club with, not I don't want to use like, just like normal people. Are you trying to not say normies? <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out what you were not going to say. The vocabulary word normie is so beaten to me, I, but just yeah. like a, a group of like normal people yeah. that just want to watch movies. If I said the word big night or monster wedding, no. most of the people would either be like, what's that? I've, I've never heard of that. Right. Or it would be like, oh, I think I might have heard of that yeah. or something. Well, no, if I true. said my big fat Greek wedding, most people would be like, oh, yeah. oh I know all, that movie. Or, oh, it. I've definitely seen that yeah. movie. No, you're totally right. When I'm talking about like, oh, you know, big night, I've heard a lot of good things. It's like, well, yeah, I had heard a lot of good things, <laughs> but I guarantee you that, yeah, nine, I mean, you know, I'm sure like one out of 10 of my friends might be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember seeing that. But mm-hmm. no, mo- most people would not have yeah. ever heard of it. And especially if you're like, and it stars Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub and Allison Janney and Minnie Driver. Driver. Right. Yeah. It, that, I mean, even for me, when the cast list came up, because I only just knew about Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub and so when all the other I was like this entire oh, movie same. is filled with famous people <laughs> like it's so weird when the name Ian Holm came I, up in this movie about Italian Americans I was literally like what that, the fuck I had a lot of questions on? the movie did not necessarily answer them, but yeah. that is alright anyway back to the yes. movie um basically the meal starts first la zuppa the soup this is probably like the least uh, sort of shown meal. It's very simple. It sort of looks like a chicken noodle soup yeah. or something. Yeah. Maybe a minestrone. I couldn't tell if there was any protein in it, but there was definitely some vegetables. It's a light sort of broth. Um, everyone's faces, um, even with this very sort of simple dish, everyone's smiling. And it, it's a good start. Um, it cuts to primo and it's probably the happiest primo looks in this whole movie because he, he already knows like right yeah okay things are going yeah this yeah. is gonna go well right yeah he doesn't really doubt <laughs> if it this is point. the reaction to the soup yeah. la zuppa second i prima 
which is the risotto. And they have three kinds of risotto. There's the pesto, the regular, and the seafood. And I want them I know. All. They all look really good. And they sort of like serve them up side by side on this dish. And you get to pick which one you want. Oh, um, my God. It looks so I good. And I think at one point, is, is it Secundo? Someone says like to Allison Janney that like he made the green one just for you. And it was very cute. Yeah. It's adorable. Yeah. Um, which the pesto one is looks green the regular is sort of a creamy white Mm -hmm. and the seafood one has got this almost like a tuna salmon-y sort of red color to it and in that it makes the italian Mm -hmm. flag across the the platter because they're sort of served next to each other um just like it's a great look then it's the iprimi which is the timpano Mm -hmm. and there's this great part where they take the dish there's this drum roll, and it's it's not like a drum roll drum roll. It sounds like it's a drum roll on a timpano dish mm-hmm. or something. Um, and they, they remove it, and there's just that. Yeah. Looks, it looks crazy, but you're like, I, this was my favorite little sequence, I think, when they take it out, and then they're, like, touching it, and they're like, don't touch it too much. And then they're like, but they don't even try to feel it. And then they're like, okay, we should cut it. No, is it too hot? I don't think it's too hot. Okay, should we take it out? To the, no, let's take it out to the table. No, is but it's too hot. Like, it's, they're so, str- like, they're adorable. so finicky about, like, and then, of course, it, they take it out there, and they cut it, and everyone is thrilled, and it came out perfectly. Um, but yeah. it, it's cute how, like, yeah, stressed they are. I, I, I wrote down they were touching it like the apes were touching the monolith. Oh, in totally. They're, yeah, yeah, because like, they're kind of they're kind of like trying to listen to it. I think to like make sure that like it, you know, it's cooked inside. Cooked inside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a a strong reaction from Pascal when he takes a bite of his um, timpano. Mad. He uh, he slams the table and everyone shuts up. God. He's like, I should kill you. So funny. <laughs> And I mean, immediately, I know yeah, he. Obvi- what, obviously, he's, he's like, yeah, no food will ever be as good again, or like, I'm mad at how good this is. It's yeah. so fucking good, I should kill you. So funny. Like, okay, buddy. <laughs> I mean, if if there's one person that is just extravagance and, mm-hmm. you know, making the most out of something, it's it's him. Mm-hmm. He he does his part well. Um, next comes the isiconde. Which is seems to be just like a buffet of chicken and spinach, and mm-hmm. they bring out a whole pig. Yep. That is cooked with a apple, like straight out of Lion like King as Pumbaa, like out of a cartoon. Yeah, that was my first thought too. Is like I, that's my association with like roasting a pig with an apple in its mouth. Is that like something cartoon characters do? Yeah. Um, that just seems like a fun thing, and I can't. Even I, I have to assume that they just were like, okay, everyone clear their schedule for eight hours mm-hmm. on this Tuesday night that we're going to film this scene. Yeah. Uh, make sure you come hungry because mm-hmm. we are going to eat a ton of food. And I have to imagine this all was shot in one night. At, at, at least all the food Probably, parts yeah. were all mm-hmm. done back to back this night. Mm-hmm. Um That'd have been the best filming day yeah. ever. Sure. I hope all the extras and crew members got to got eat. To eat. I'd food. assume they had enough food. Yeah. I, I I should have looked up like how they got all this cooked because I'm assuming 
Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci didn't actually make all this food. Yeah, there's basically, like, no... I mean, I'm sure that you could find, like, old articles and reviews and stuff, but, like, look, there's nothing about the production of this movie, like, on Wikipedia or anything. It's it's a oh, weirdly... just checking up Wikipedia. It's a weirdly, like, tiny It's a tiny Wikipedia, Wikipedia. Page, which is... Inter- yeah, there's basically a very broad overview of the plot, and then... Here's the people who are in the movie. Not not enough people. Mm-hmm. People who care about uh, Big Night. Go fill out his Wikipedia page. Please. Um, I'd, I'd love to read more about this movie. Wow, it run a lot of critics associations or got nominated. Yeah. It, well, it, it won the New York it Times. A, it won the National Society Critics. It, it won a, the National Board of Review. It was a big indie spirit movie. Yeah. It won um, for screenplay. Didn't win any besides screenplay yeah, when, but it didn't win picture or any of the lead actors. Right. Well, they, you know, probably split that vote. Um, yeah. I got nominated at Sundance for the jury prize. I'm mm-hmm. curious what won, but when I click on the Sundance Film Festival link, it just takes me to their basic page, and I don't know if I want to click through that much. But yeah, so wow, I actually didn't know how acclaimed it was mm-hmm. at the time that it got released. That's uh, makes me happy to see. Yeah. Um. So now that everyone's stuffed, it goes to the E. Dolce, oh, which is sorry, very, 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 very quickly because I did click through onto the Independent Spirit Awards. Um, Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci lost um, for Best Male Lead because it went to William H. Macy in Fargo. I was just about to say <laughs> it clicked with me, and I said, "I bet it, they lost to William H. Macy uh, and Fargo won Best." Did Fargo win Best Picture? Um, yes, Fargo won everything uh, that that year. It won Best screenplay it won director it won feature yeah it, it i'm won. pretty sure fargo got the, deb- debuted at sundance that year only thing so the only category it lost to something so it won for um best first screenplay um and the, yeah. only, the only movie that i've heard of that it beat was girl six um oh i've but, heard that's a good movie yeah but um best first feature it lost to sling blade which was like a phenomenon that year, so that's not surprising. Uh, yeah, what what the fuck were people doing with yeah. Sling Blade? People love Sling that's Blade. A, it's a very strange movie watching it nowadays. I literally cannot imagine. Um, I will not. But um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Okay. okay. Now yes, I'm, sorry. I'm, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm now I'm going to quickly try to figure out what one. Uh, the Sundance that year. Um, list of Sundance Film Festival winners. 1996. Welcome to the Dollhouse. You, you're you're saying that like you've never heard of the movie Welcome to the Dollhouse. Oh no. Oh okay. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a me scream Sundance movie. That's like the most Sundance. That, that's true. Movie. That, that's that's very Sundance yeah. movie. Yeah. That um, is the most. I've heard it's good though. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. Yeah, but dang, big night. Anyway, to our regular regular scheduled programming. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So the dinner's ended. There's a great line where there's this one dinner guest that's like weeping her eyes out, and uh, someone asks her like, "What's the matter?" And she's like, "My mother was such a terrible cook." Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> They're doing the great little party trick of, like, folding paper into a little, like, concave uh, cylinder. Yeah. And then you sort of light a fire and it, like, goes shooting up. Yeah. Um, 
at this point, Secundo sort of realizes that Louis Prima's not coming, and uh, as he's taking the plates away, instead of going back to clean them, he literally just starts throwing them in the trash. Yeah. Um, they play an interesting party game called Ring on a String, mm-hmm. where the goal is to lie and cheat and steal and swear about so people won't guess that you have the ring. Mm-hmm. So guess who has the ring on the game that we watch? Pascal. Pascal, yeah. The, the the liar cheater. Yeah. Who could have seen that coming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also around this point that Isabella Rossellini sees a uh, mini driver kissing Secundo. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, sorry. Flipped? Mi- Minnie yeah. sees Isabella Rossellini kissing Secundo. Right. I, I, can't, I can't even remember. I watched this movie two hours ago. I can't even remember why they do this. Like, I think they're just both kind of upset. Like, but they they're just like sort of like quietly kissing in the restaurant with a door open. And so of course Minnie Driver walks by and is like Hello. Right. And, and yeah, that's immediately I was like, guys, what? Like, were you trying to get caught? What were you doing? Like you know, yeah. Pretty pretty egregious. I seem to both be cheating for a long time. You should know to yeah, do this. You sh- yeah, I was gonna say you're not good at it. Um yeah. So of course Minnie Driver sees that and is very upset. She runs away. This is kind of when the night sort of dissolves. At this point, mm-hmm. Isabella Rossellini kind of yanks Pascal out of the restaurant and is like, and makes him own up. Go tell your friend what she did. Right, because at this, because they've actually like been getting along, kind of, and so now she's like, okay, tell yeah, tell your friend what she did, and you know, it sounds like a mom at like a birthday party after someone steals like the kid's toy. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, exactly. And it's like, go tell him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then at that point, Pascal has to like kind of come clean. Mm-hmm. Actually, I believe Isabella Rossellini actually I think literally she has to be the one says to say it. She's like, he didn't call him or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnie Driver decided to take her talents to the beach mm-hmm. and run into the water. That's where she's deciding to cool, literally cool off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Secundo is just acting like an idiot. Being like, come out there, don't catch cold. Yeah, he's, like, he does not are, handle this well. You you know you were caught, dude. Just come on. Right. She doesn't want to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnie Driver comes walking out of that ocean like she's on the cover of Victoria's Secret, though. Mm-hmm. Of course. She's uh she, she she's making Segundo know what yeah <laughs> he left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. There's not this like again this sort of like catty fight between no. them at this point. She just is like, fuck you. Right, exactly. She's Yeah, she's away. like, I'm out of here. Yeah, she just has had enough, yeah. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Like Totally. Minnie Dri- Mini Driver seems to always deserve better in the movies I she's know. in. Yeah. Um, this is sort of the climactic moment where Secundo and Primo I, have their discussion yeah. at the beach where Secundo kind of blows up at Primo and is like, you won't save the restaurant. And he's like... Look, I have this place in Rome that we can go back to, yeah. and uh, Pascal, I'm sorry, Pascal, uh, Secundo is like, I'm never going back to Rome, and this turns into one of those pathetic dude fights where they're <laughs> sort of just slapping each other at arm's distance and, like, yeah. just pulling each other in the ground. Right, and they kind of just, like, both take turns kind of, like, laying down on the ground, like, being beaten down. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a very pathetic fight, but it, which feels very realistic these guys would not have some sort of big they're kind of pathetic yeah. dudes yeah but uh, i love this part the part where uh primo just grabs the sand he's like this fucking place it's 
killing us. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's sad. I mean, they, it's it's more. I mean, yeah, their their actual fighting is like whatever, but like they really have it out. And it, like we talked about, this is the first time where they really actually confront the fact that they are, you know, have different goals or kind of on different paths, like different priorities. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what has made this all so hard for them. It really is. Yeah. It's a. I think it's it's a great seed for this movie where everything's sort of piecemeal and sort of left unsaid and. Mm-hmm. Every, everything is said in that yeah, scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, finally, Sakuno sort of takes himself back to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, Pascal's just there playing their piano. Yeah. And it's just like, you asshole. I mean, he he feels bad at the end, right? Like, I mean, he... I don't you don't. Know. It's hard to tell with him, I guess. Like, I mean, he goes... I mean, he doesn't really feel bad. He he owns up to, you know, basically yeah. admits it and kind of is just like, yeah, that's what I did. Like... I, I love the way Ian Holm plays the scene, because this literally the whole movie, he has been Mamma Mia. Mm. And in this scene, he just like, strictly says, and I have the line written down, yeah. I'm a businessman. I'm anything I need to be right. at any time. Right. Well, he makes- tell me exactly what you are. Right, he makes it clear that it's it's not it's business, not personal, right? Because you know he's and like even this whole like showiness he has, it's just yeah, because people in his business like it, like exactly, like yeah, he, he is who he needs to be right as a person he, that sells himself. He, he knows his wife is having all these affairs. He doesn't really care yes. about it. Um, he like I, I, yeah, like when Sakunda walks in, he's like, "You did this." Over a woman. It's like you're talking about a woman. <laughs> like, I, what? I get it. Kind of, That's why you right. thought I did this. Right. He's like, oh, Secunda, like you, you what, no. what, is, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And yeah, he's he's kind of the villain of the piece, but at the same time, like you do understand, you're like he is a businessman, yeah. like you know. Basically, what he did was he tried to force their hand to close the business. At which point, he can said say, right, please work for well, me. Well, yeah, either either they would have to work for him or leave. Like that, he yeah. sort of, you know, it would, yeah, it would force their hand that, you know. And um, as we know, Pascal, of the two brothers, would definitely be the first person to say, fine, I'll go work for you, Pascal. Right, yeah, Secondo would actually, yeah, because I mean, yeah. He's, Pr- Primo's never going to do Primo's it. Primo's never going to do it, exactly. But Secundo responds to the offer by saying, you will never have my brother. Mm-hmm. He lives in a world above you. What he has and what he is is rare, and you are nothing. Yeah. And it's the first time that, like, Secundo has directly stood up for yeah, Primo. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a an applause-worthy break. Yeah. For, it's uh, really good. Go Secundo. Mm-hmm. Probably the best moment Secundo has in the whole movie. Yeah. It's interesting Tucci decided to write and cast himself as this character that is kind of a sleazeback. Yeah. And not wholly likable by the end. Right. Yeah. No, I, but I think it's a... It's, it must have been a really interesting character to play for that reason, because mm-hmm. you're kind of like, what is his deal? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I mean, Pri- Primo has his own deal, but Primo's deal is a little bit more understandable, and his he's, faults he's are a, a little much more, more unsympathetic. Right. He's a li- much more, um, I don't want to say stereotypical, that's not the word I'm looking for, but just like a much more commonly portrayed, like, he's just the tortured artist, right? Like, he cares, like... It's it's the art, the the food before all. That's all he cares about, and like, that's a much more sort of recognizable character type of like, yeah, okay, we get it, tortured artist. Like you are you are uncompromising in your artistic vision, even if that means that you won't be successful. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
At this point, Pascal walks out, and Sukuno sits by this empty table that has tableware and food and stains strewn about. Mm-hmm. And it is reminiscent of, like, sitting next to just a bloody battlefield. Yeah. At this point, I think the movie's about to end, and I was like, great ending, you know. This is a fantastic way to end the movie. Mm-hmm. But there's one more scene. There is. And it's a scene I think everyone references that has seen the movie kind of brings up at first because it's such an odd way to close out the movie. It's basically the morning after. Mm-hmm. Mark Anthony is asleep on their uh, dicing table. Poor guy had a long night. <laughs> I know. Um, go home, Mark Right, Anthony. exactly. You don't need this. <laughs> uh, Sakundo comes into the kitchen, wakes him up, and just starts making an omelet. And mm-hmm. for... Five minutes. He's just making an egg. That's it. Right. And it's uh, entirely dialogue free, right? No one says anything entire, There's, final there's no yeah. word said. Um, he cuts the omelet into three. He serves one to himself. He serves one to uh, Mark Anthony and they start eating. Primo comes back to the restaurant and Secundo gives him the final part of the omelet. Uh, Mark Anthony takes his omelet outside because he knows this is not where he needs <laughs> yeah, to be right now. some space. And uh, the brothers just kind of sit out and eat for a minute mm-hmm. without saying anything, without looking at each other. And then they sort of embrace each other as they finish their last bites. Yeah. And end movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad ending, honestly. Like, yeah. I mean, like, Primo's probably going to have to go back to Italy. Like, I don't know what Secundo's going to do. They did not solve any of their problems. It, it's interesting. I, I think whether they sit together... Mm-hmm. Where they have to split apart. The the point of the ending is like they're still brothers right. and their love will never and, ever be challenged in a way that loses it. Right. And I think also that they they addressed some like they had some necessary conversations, right? Like it's like yeah, they, they had to get it they out. They had to get it out. They had to still brothers. Right, exactly. They they had been probably in denial for too long that like this is where they were at. And so yeah, they they had it all out, and whatever happens here, yeah, they still have love for each other. Um, and for an ending that's so sad, mm-hmm. that sort of final shot is so hopeful that yeah. it kind of, it, it, it makes a weird sort of counterbalance. Yeah. No, it's, it, it's a very sweet ending. Like, it's it's not, like, it's not some tragic ending. You're just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, in the, like I said, they're still brothers. They'll be okay. They love each other. Yeah. <laughs> um... Now, this movie, I believe, is the fourth best ending of all time. Yes, oh, on, on the Vulture, the Vulture movie okay. list. Cool. It's only behind Bong Joon-ho's mother, mm-hmm. Carol Reed's The Third Man, mm-hmm. and Claire Denis' Beautrevi. Sure. Is that where Big Night ranks for you in the best movie endings of all time? Um, I mean, it's up there. Uh, I have only seen one of those other three movies, although I know how all of them end because, you know, I don't care about spoilers. Oh, really? I don't know how Mother and Bochavai end. Uh, I so. do. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, I, um, I have just like... I'm assuming we've both seen The Third Man. Yes, that's, yes, that's the one I've seen. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, that's the one I've seen. Um, but, yeah, so, no, I, I mean, I have to sit with it for longer, but it, it's definitely... It's definitely up there. I don't know if I would have it that high, yeah. but it's but you know I'm it is deserved deservedly recognized. I would say like it definitely should be on a list of best movie endings. Yeah, totally. 
And while I wouldn't have it at the fourth yeah, best of all time, crazy high. But that's good, really high. That there, it's right above some like it hot Phoenix eight and a half eyes wide shut True. in a lonely place. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Mulholland Drive, <laughs> Mulholland Drive. Yeah, no, every movie you just listed are are movies that I have seen and that have such phenomenal endings. Yeah, and not that this doesn't have a phenomenal ending. Yeah. Um, I don't. It's so good, I don't mind it being number four, even if yeah. I wouldn't have it at four. And it's, I like, you know, I think that they, I can't remember, it's been a while since I read this list, but I think they talk about how they, they they tried to go for a variety of, like, different types of endings, right? So I can see yes. one to shout out this type of ending, which is going to be different than the ones that are more twisty all, or that ends on a joke like All those like other ones besides Some Like It Hot. Yeah. Uh, like Some Like It Hot is a classic it's uh, like a, just a f- comedic ending. Comedic ending, All yeah. the other ones are like pure viscera at its most yeah. scream-worthy. I love, the, I love the ending of Eight and a Half. Um, I still have like mixed feelings on that movie, but I, lo- I love that ending um, yeah. so much. Like. It's weird. Most of that movie is like a three and a half for me. Mm-hmm, and right. then the ending is like that's a five out of five. Exactly. And I'm like, then where do I rate it? I that's, why I, that's why I don't know what to make of eight and a half. Because so much of the movie, I'm like, what are we doing? And then the ending is like a perfect ending. Um, Quick divergent. Yes. But seen as all that jazz is basically a remake mm-hmm. or a redo of eight and a half where it's the director basically doing a movie a about literally what he was doing yeah. the past couple years and with a very similar ending of mm-hmm. uh, something very fantastical yeah. happening. Um, they don't have all that jazz on this list. I and know, I think it's because really. they're very similar and they're like, we'll pick yeah, eight and a half think, over all that jazz. Which is a classic one, yeah. Which one would you pick out of the two? Um, I mean, I personally would pick all that jazz, but I mean, but eight I and a half, too. I'm not like, I'm not going to be mad about it. Oh, yeah, same. Also, I forgot I'm mad at the Vulture list because they have Before Sunset all the way down at 17. Too low. That is too low. low. Too low for me. Um, Baby. Again, you should have. You should. Okay. Yeah. You sh- so weird behind the scenes, but. Matt. Yeah. No, we, we, Matt. no we, made it, we made it. Baby, you're going to miss that plane joke last night. So don't worry. <laughs> we're, okay, we we're on it whenever someone has to yeah. get on an airplane. Yeah. Um, no, that's and like we were talking about last night. Uh, you guys left at six for a seven o'clock flight. We left it. With... No, no, we left, but pretty much we left at six twenty for a seven thirty flight. Is what we ended up doing. But yeah, one hour ahead of time. Um, and but Matt was through security and at the gate before it started boarding. So I could never live that I, way. I, I, know. I would have an actual like breakdown. Um, but yeah, no, totally. Just my parents would have through. only left that late for a plane if. Like someone in their family had been shot yeah. beforehand, and it's like running now. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm an insane like leave. I, I want to be at the airport like two hours before my flight. Um, because I, I just flying. I hate flying so much that like why I can't add the stress of like not making a flight on time to that on top of it. Um, but no, Matt does not care. Matt will stroll up to like the the terminal and just be like waltz through and walk on the plane and i am i am jealous it usually works out but like i can't i can't uh, i know i have i have plenty of friends who have like have missed flights and are like oh well what you gonna do (laughs) like i can't i can't live like that what you gonna do i'll catch the next one i'm like okay uh but no i mean a sunday like sunday at 6 30 in the morning um even an lax to vegas flight which is what this was was uh there's just like nobody there. It was fine. So 
Yeah. To get a little bit more into the weeds on the Vulture list. Oh, yes. In the Mood for Lev is 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's a low That's also really for me. low. Yeah. Um, right next to another unrequited love movie, mm-hmm. Brief Encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's Godfather Part 3. Yeah, but specifically the new uh, release, which was like that uh, everyone... I haven't seen the new release of it yet. I haven't either, because I, I literally just saw that too, where it says Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Oh, okay. I'm like, okay, so that's that's the, the recut of Godfather 3 that people to be are fair, into. Godfather Part 3's ending is the, best, the best part, part of, of that movie. Yeah, the ending's good. And to be fair, I think the rest of Godfather Part 3 is pretty shitty. Yeah, I've, I've seen it one time. I have, like, basically no memory of it. But I do know the ending is good. Um, mm-hmm. um, some other movies that we've talked about here come later, all about Eve mm-hmm. and City Lights at 28 and 31. Mm-hmm. Nashville's, Nashville's coming up, at that's 29. at 29. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark is at 32, yeah. which sort of like silent unresolved mm-hmm. endings that big night kind of reminds me of it, yeah it's got a similar vibe to let's put the arc into mm-hmm. this thing of nothing i like that they have a thin blue line on here at at 30 mm-hmm. um because that is a like a super iconic i mean and, and including a documentary is fun in general but that's like a super iconic ending. i mean as far as documentaries goes with like a, a punch of it ending mm-hmm. it's yeah really kind of it yeah um they have the apu trilogy well technically the world of Apu, which is the final, which is it's the ending of the whole story, right? It's the ending yeah. of the Apu trilogy. Um, that's another one we've talked about recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jana's all-time favorite movie, The Florida Project, is on. Here. I'm I'm so glad that if that weren't on the list, because like that that is that's probably top three or five for me. It's it's probably like before yeah. sunset, Florida Project, all that jazz. Like that's probably like my top three movie endings uh out of all the cohen brother endings they could have put on this list they put raising arizona that's a while out of all the pta movies i guess i guess boogie nights it makes sense too like that's a famous famous ending um, oh like i i don't doubt it yeah, but it's uh, so he, he, he one of his endings is i will drink your milkshake wow. that's the most famous line out of the yeah. 2000s but that, that ending, and then the other one is yeah. uh i want you flat on your back yeah like that that boogie nights ending though is uh you know it was it was a bit of a phenomenon um Oh, I'm sure. Well, no. Well, oh, I will say though, what's annoying about putting the the Godfather three on there is that I actually, I, I think, like the ending of the original Godfather, like is one of the greatest movie endings of all time. Oh, yeah. like, I just and I, 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 I just caught I it could on see cable a good argument for part two, two as, as well. well. I just caught Godfather on cable the other day. And I could tell it was like literally, it was like right before the christening was about to start and I was like, well, I'm gonna sit here and watch this until it's over. <laughs> like I can't not do like stopped what I was doing, watched the last thirty minutes of The Godfather. Um but yeah, every time Kate oh. turns around and the door closes, I'm just like it's like a perfect movie ending. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean when uh the family walks out to greet uh Vito mm-hmm. and all that's left is Michael alone in his family's yeah. house. Yep. No, they're yeah you're right. That's they're a really good. good one too. Yeah. yeah. Um Moonlight is also on here as far as other yeah. A24 movies go. Mm-hmm. Then it's High and Low, which um, I'm shocked is in this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fanny Alexander's here, which is, I think, one of Nick's all-time favorite movies, if not his all-time yeah. favorite. Casablanca's on here, which is one of, if not your favorite. all-time favorite yeah. movies. And as we talked about in our episode, good ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty good ending. No complaints. There's a... To- 
Tony Erdman is here, which is one of my favorite movie endings of the last decade. Truly, truly one of the best. God, I love the end of it's that movie. It's not, I mean, I love the movie. It is a little long, and I think but it's not I think the ending one of my f- pays off because you, it really you does. have to sit with for three hours with those people to with get to that end. With this dad. Yeah. Just like, no, you are. To me, Tony Erdman is the ultimate, like, I could, I could have only see it, seen it in the theater. Like I saw it in the theater because mm-hmm. I had read reviews ahead of time that are like, y- you got to trap yourself with it. You might not finish it if you don't. Yeah. And, and I, I probably I, would I, not I, finish I, it. I didn't see it in a theater. Yeah. That, I, um, I probably so wouldn't it have, was tough. I probably wouldn't have finished it, honestly, or I would have had to watch it in chunks. But like I would, was locked in with Tony Erdman and that ending really mm-hmm. pays off. Um, have you seen The Descent? Oh, God, No. Um, I okay. I like scary movies, but that one looks that one looks too scary. Um, that is the scary one of the scariest movies I, I've ever seen, I, and the ending is screaming. I saw they have um they have Blair Witch Project on on here. Um, That's another which great has horror never movie um I have never gotten over it. Like I too mm-hmm. sometimes if I like think I see a shadow or something, I think about the end of Blair Witch Project and I get scared all over again. <laughs> Fifteen when I saw that movie, and I have just never ever ever gotten over it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Too you came scary. out at the most perfect age to see Blair Witch Pro- yeah, Project in a watched theater. Watched it like yeah, and then also watched it like on a VHS at a Halloween party like that year, that Halloween, and people were just screaming like and like running out of the room. Oh my god, Blair Witch man, scary movie. Uh, so we talked about some of your favorites that were on this mm-hmm. list and Nick's favorites. Then there's Moment of Innocence and Losing oh, Ground yeah, without, within favorites. ten spots. Yeah, and those are two. By far, of my all-time wow. favorite movies. Have you seen Last Days of Disco? Um, no, but I've seen I've I've seen the ending. I love the ending of that movie. Oh, okay, I've, I've watched the because clip. I I can't believe you haven't seen it because that seems like I've, something Jana would have watched. The only Whit Stillman movie I've ever seen is his most recent one, is Love and Friendship. I have not oh, seen really? uh, Barcelona or Last Days of Disco. I know that's one of those. I've I have come very close to just blind buying the Whit Stillman collection that they have on criterion because i'm yeah. like those seem like really me movies um yeah uh, and i haven't seen a single wit stillman movie and he's one of he, his filmography is pretty tight mm-hmm. it's one of those people that i've just thought like maybe one month i'll sit down, sit down i'll just watch, watch all of wit stillman because yeah. they all seem fun they do seem fun and i like i said i've seen the clip of the ending of uh last days of disco I'm like, i think i would love that movie <laughs> Um, fine. And then F for Fakes here is yeah. Eve's Bayou is here, which is as we Eve's said, those tr- those are two movies that um, I know you really like. I love like. both of those. Yeah. Um, First Reforms here, Nick's favorite. I love that, and that was my yeah number one of that year too. Um, oh wow. Yeah, I love First Reformed. Um, I can't believe they have Gimme Shelter on this list, which um, what the I, which heck? I know, which is just funny because it's like okay, well, that has a really, I guess, I guess it's how it's staged, but it's like, I, it's cool. <laughs> the ending of that movie is that then a dude stabs somebody and you're like, okay. Um, I mean, Nashville does it better, but like, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's Picnic at Hanging Rock. It's a great, great one. Ending. Lagan is on here. I love Lagan. We talked about another round. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that another and, round gets on this list. Uh, like, you know, sneaking in as the most weeks. Yeah. And then Mikey and Nikki, which Good you ending. have just recently Both watched. Recently watched um, yeah. Nauseating. Nauseating ending. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Big Night is above almost So funny, which I really... (laughs) Oh, also, by the way, shout out to Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, being on this list. Uh, Truly one of my favorite movie endings of all time. Like, I have watched that clip. I I literally can't even... I've lost count. It's not possible to count how many times I've watched the ending of Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Um, So, yeah, that's... That is good as well. Um, no, I. But big night, wonderful ending, perfect ending for the movie. Kind of funny they have it as the fourth best ending of all time. But you know what? I agree. I good for them, I guess. A lot of great movies there. I hope we get to talk about yeah, many of them in the future. A lot of good ones. I know when if we get around to picking ours, moment of innocence and losing ground will be on mine, and I'm assuming Fanny, Fanny and Alexander will be on Dick's. Yeah, so. and and before sunset and, and Eve's Bayou would be on mine. And yeah, you'll have those two at least. Yeah, exactly. And if good you see days. Last Days of Disco before then, yeah, oh, and maybe. Picnic at Hanging Rock too. Man, so many good movies. Oh. Okay. Well, Picnic at Hanging Rock's in the book, right? Is it? Not in the first one. Sorry, now Is we're just in the first. I guess not. Yeah. Um, well, that's sad because it should be. I know. All right. Do we want to rate Big Night? Yeah. yeah so, are you going to go thumbs down? <laughs> yeah. After all that, no. Th- thumbs up for sure. Good. Uh, I will go thumbs up too. Mm-hmm. I think everyone already knows my rating because, you know, it's four. Yeah, it's four out of four. Jana. Yeah. No, I'll give it three and a half out of four. Um, yes. Yeah. No. Very, very, very good. And I can see liking it even more um, when I revisit it. But yeah. It was a lot of fun. When do you think Nick will ever listen to this episode? He listened to the last episode, although I haven't listened to the Simpsons episode No, but the yet, thing is, so. he's never seen Big Night. Oh, that's right. Probably won't listen to it then. Hi, Nick. You won't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> so when do you think Nick gets around to this? Uh, maybe sometime this year. He watches a lot of movies. It's true. We'll see. Maybe this forces his hand on it. Maybe. Do you have a Star Wars shirt on? Uh, no, I. It's my, it's, it's my super yucky shirt that is um, the Willem Dafoe monologue um, from the Lighthouse, but in the Star yeah. Wars font. So it says "Hark Triton," um, and then does the whole thing. Yeah. So it's it's a Star Wars shirt, but even more embarrassing. Lighthouse, not a movie I was particularly fond of. Not not a you movie. God, I love the lighthouse. No, I loved the Vitch, so I went in with very high expectations, yeah. and I I, res- I will say I respect the fair lighthouse. Enough. That's where that's where I'll that's go. Fair. With it. Are you are you looking forward to his new movie? Um, that I think is about Vikings. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'll always be excited for him because I think he's a great filmmaker, okay. and I've. You know how when you Google something and then um, there has like the people also ask and it's always something like really terrible on Google. I googled Robert yeah. Eggers to make sure that I was right and that his next movie is like the Northmen is the um, what you call it the Viking movie. It is. I was right. Um, here are the four people also ask questions for when I googled Robert Eggers. Is the Lighthouse movie a true story? Okay. <laughs> How much did the yeah. Lighthouse movie make? Yeah, Fair yeah there's, a, there's, a mermaid there's a mermaid squid monster yeah, yeah. that fucks people. Mm-hmm. How much did the Lighthouse movie make? Fair question. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Are the, oh, here it is. Are, are the characters in the Lighthouse the same person? Is, is that a theory that people had? That, that it was like a, a split personality situation? I'll tell you one thing. If that's a theory, I don't want any part of and it. Then, if you can imagine 
weird, dumb That's theories a, like that is not something I'm very interested a, in. I can't remember who I stole this phrasing from. I heard someone say it on a podcast once, but describing theories like that is some crack.com shit. Um, and it is yes. absolutely... So, and don't get me wrong. Yes. I used to spend a lot of time reading dumb oh, articles I was on, on Cracked, but that is some Cracked.com shit. My 8th grade to 10th grade entire life was, was spent on Cracked.com. Me, but in like, college. Um, <laughs> but then the final question is, is the lighthouse scary? Which kind of, in part. It is scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. If they want scary, go see the Fitch, though. That That's a real is terrifying stuff. Is the lighthouse stuff. movie a true story? Okay. <laughs> Guys. Well, and then of course there's a Screen Rant article that's like loosely based on a morbid account of a pair of Welsh lighthouse keepers. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm guys sure. who like lost their minds in lighthouses, but um, yeah. Anyway, on that on that, that appropriate note, that's that's the way you end an episode about Big Night. Yeah. Do you do you want to talk about any movies you've seen recently? Maybe. Um, do you have anything? What have I seen recently? Not too much. I don't think I have either. I've been like working and stuff. No, the only thing I've watched since Exterminating Angel um, was the an- Oscar-nominated animated shorts. Uh, we watched and, uh, those. And to- are you going to vote for Will You Still Love Me or whatever it's oh, called? If anything happens, I love you. Um, yeah. God, I mean, it's very well done, but yikes. <laughs> um, no, it, it was a good crop this year. Um, it, it's. I think it's one of the better slates in recent memory um they're all really short um even for animated like the animated shorts are always the shortest but like they're all like five to ten minutes long like all of them were over in 45 minutes and i was like okay um wow but did did you ever see like the the gruffalo did you ever see that one yeah i've seen that because that's like that's like an hour long short well that's the thing and so this that's what i next weekend (laughs) matt's gonna get back from his week out of town and he's gonna and we're gonna like do five out because he was like we'll finish the shorts next weekend i'm like that's five hours because the live action and documentary ones those are often like 40 minutes long and they're shorts but so yeah the animated ones were a lot shorter but burrow which uh i know nick's seen it's like the little pixar short it's extremely cute cute. it's on disney plus it's so fun um Mm -hmm. there's like a weird French one because there's always a weird French one. There's always it's like a weird very French artistic, one. like very painterly and artistic, um, called Genius Loci. And then there's um, If Anything Happens, I Love You, which is extremely upsetting. Um, it's about grief. So you that's needed a minute cool. after that one. Like I needed like ten minutes after that one. Um, and then there's one called. Uh, there's always like a really interesting visual one. This one it was called Opera. Um, and it basically just is like one pyramid and it like zooms into different parts of the pyramid and it's like telling all of human history. It's pretty cool. And then the final one, uh, was this, uh, I don't know how to say its title in, um, like Finnish or Icelandic or whatever on earth language this is. Um, but it's called Yes People and it's just like. All these people hanging out in the same apartment building and their little stories, and so it was kind of like That's the cute. wacky European one. Um, so yeah, if if people want to watch the shorts, I recommend watching them. Um, if you're an Oscars person or just you have any interest, like I think they're ten bucks a pop to to watch for each individual one, you know, set each showcase, um, mm-hmm. and they're available 
on VOD and everything. And they're they're fun. I've been watching the shorts for years. Um, some years, if I hear they're particularly bad, <laughs> I'll skip it. But most years, I watch them all. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do recommend that. You been watching anything? I've watched a couple Ozu movies okay. um, since we've last talked. Not surprising. Um, I rewatched Minari with my parents. Nice. Um, I think if we rated them now, uh, rank, we did the, the rankings uh-huh. that we did for the final episode, I would have Minari in the top five. Okay. I owe Minari. It was really good on I owe Minari a rewatch. Um, yeah. I'd be curious how I the, do um, The Will Patton thing kind of threw me off on my first time uh-huh. watching it. Yeah. Um, and it, the whole, the story structure felt a lot better okay. on the second watch. Kind of know where it was going. Good to know. Um, rewatched House. Um, that movie is insane. Um, I think I watched it with a group of people for another movie club. There was a five, four and a half, a four, a few threes, a two, and a one star. So yeah, that's one of those movies where, like, it could divide I nations. Love it, like I love it, but I also Absolutely would not, not necessarily like go. You have to be very selective about. Or I would be very selective about who I recommend that to. I would I would not drop it on like a lot of. My if that friends. movie doesn't work for someone, I ha- I don't put it against them. Right, exactly. And I can I can I can see like finding it confusing or upsetting or even just like boring if you're not vibing with it. But um, oh, it's yeah. so fun. It's so fun. It's really fun. Yeah. Um, and then I finished Brighter Summer Day, which I was halfway through watching. Nice. Um, last time we were out, probably a top. 10 top 20 movie all time for me now awesome um jana what need to watch you have a lot of time this week no but i know but actually we don't no we're gonna be watching you and i are about to start uh an adventure we're gonna be i i mean my goal is the first season i'm pretty sure you'll probably do more than i will we'll see um depends on how much i get through today um but yeah i i literally it's just I had been I had been commenting to Nick earlier about how the only reason I hadn't seen Twin Peaks is that like Matt just could not have less interest, um, and so mm. I'm like, well, now I spur of the moment have a full week to the house to myself to just do nothing but watch Twin Peaks and then probably have nightmares, um, but that'll be okay. Yeah, you you can text I, Nick I, and I, I and just be like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as you're on the West Coast, it's going to be like one or Ex- two right, in the morning. Exactly. Or one, one or three in the morning I'll, for us. Probably, be like, I'll probably have Jenna. to cut myself off. But I mean, the other good news is because like I do have the house myself. I can like watch one at like six o'clock while I'm eating dinner. You know, I don't have to. Yeah. Um, not bound by time. Uh, def- it, a season for this week definitely feels doable, especially if uh, he comes back and you need like a stopping point. Exactly. So, but yeah. It's going to suck to stop mid-season. That is but what I'm going to get up to starting later today. I'm excited. Me too. Do you know what, what where it is? Where it is? Where it's watchable? I think it's Netflix. Okay. It's, it's somewhere. I mean. I, where I don't have I to I was going to say, I actually, I, I made this promise completely based on not having to pay for it. So um, I will rethink everything. But I'm. it used to be on Netflix. Um, it looks like it's on, it's on Netflix. I know absolutely nothing about this, so that's going to be fun for me. Seasons one and two are on Netflix, and then season three must be... Yeah, I can't remember what... what, what There's what. no season three. Yeah, there is. They just did it. Remember? The return? 
That's oh okay. Well, that I, that's called Twin Peaks: The Return. Oh okay, sorry. That's that's a discreet, <laughs> discreet thing. Uh huh. At least in my mind. Again, I know nothing, oh. so maybe it. I've watched the first two episodes of Twin Peaks at some point in my life. Who knew? Um, well, the two the two episodes are considered. The oh okay. All right, gotcha. Because I was like, why does Netflix be like watch episode three? I'm like, oh okay. Um, I'm gonna have to rewatch though the first one because I. It was years ago. Good. I don't remember it. If you were ahead of me by two <laughs> episodes off. already, I would, that'd have been yeah, a bummer. I'm going back to the beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Twin Peaks started playing on my phone. This is great. This is great end of podcast content. Yeah. That's staying in. Okay. Right there. <laughs> the crap out of me. Off to a good start. <laughs> the nightmares have started I know. already. Yeah. All right, so that'll be us for this week. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed our podcast and you have a big night of your own tonight. Um, you can find us at Twitter and Letterbox at Great Movies Pod. And thank you to Scott Brady, as always, for our artwork. You can find him at Twitter at S Brady Artist. And that should do it for us, I think. Roger out. Roger out. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.